Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Good to see you all. Um, we have uh, quite a few dedications because of the Tuesday, Thursday schedule. And even though today is Wednesday, uh, tomorrow is going to be a, uh, a fast day, so we're going to be running a program down in, in Hathaway and Deal. So uh, I'm not going to be able to do the breakfast tomorrow, so I thought we'll come in today so that we could learn together uh, as well. Breakfast in the Class today is dedicated for the speedy and complete refuash of the victims of the terrorist attack and for the safety of the Hayalet Sahal, sponsored anonymously. Also, from last, uh, last week, Thursday, sponsored by Mark Lenyado, dedicated in honor of his wife, Susan, in celebration of their marriage, Mazal Tov, Mishimantov, Mabruk. I know it's a couple days now, but Baruch Hashem, what a beautiful start. Uh, dedicated in loving memory of Joe Chira, Allah Hashem Lunishmat Yosef ben Mazal, on his Askara, sponsored by his nephew, Abraham Sultan. Also dedicated in, in loving memory uh, of a devoted mother and a loving mother, Gail Goldie Frankel, for her fifth yard site, the 10th of Tammuz. May her neshama have an aliyah and may she be a melis yoshe for all of Am Yisrael. From her son Ira Frankel. Hazako Baruch Ira. Sponsored by Sarah Israel. Dedicated for the speeding complete of Hashem of Shoshana Ronit Bat Peril Rivka. Sponsored anonymously. And as well, dedicated for the speeding and complete of Hashem of all patients. Past, present, and future of Benjamin Asherman, Justin, and Goon who just completed their medical residencies. For all the sleepless nights spent on overnight hospital shifts or studying for board exams, Mazal Tov and continued success in helping people in need. Love Max better. Hazaku Baruch. Also dedicated loving memory of Joel Rishti Alav HaShalom. Leilui Nishmat Yosef Ben Le'ah, sponsored by his sister Robin Beda. Of course, the breakfast and class dedicated loving memory of Mrs. Lily Safra, Aleh HaShalom Nishmat Le'ah Batchana, whose philanthropy has reached so many throughout the entire world, and whose Askara was just this past Shabbat, uh, and all the prayers and all the classes that were done in all the different locations by uh, our four rabbis uh, from uh, Chazak, New York, and from Safra Synagogue here, Le'ilui uh, Nishmata. Finally, uh, breakfast in the class dedicated for a speedy and complete refuah shalema, Rabbanit Chana Farchi, Chana Bat Sima Fega, and Eliyahu Shimon Mazal Fortuna, Fortune, and uh, the Cobra was sponsored by David E. Ash in honor of you and your substantial capacity to do today and every day. Last, sorry, last but not least, there's one last thing I wanted to do which was um, uh, that we had a breakfast and class dedication in commemoration of the rescue of 106 Jewish and Israeli hostages taken from Air France Flight 139, which was hijacked en route from Israel to France and taken to Entebbe, Uganda, for and in memory of Yonatan Netanyahu, Alava Shalom, and Dora Blach, and for the first Askara of Mizrahi Safra, sponsored by Avram Simmons. Hazaku Baruch to all the special sponsors. I'm sorry it took us a couple minutes to get through them. Let us begin. Um, there's a fascinating uh, sequence of Pesukim which opens up to us, I think, an interesting idea um, which uh, I've been thinking a lot about recently and I thought maybe we'd share this morning. Pasuk tells us that Pinchas, he uh, acts decisively in a very critical moment. Cosby uh, and Zimri, they came out and they did something that was unspeakable in front of the uh, in front of the Mishkan and Pinchas stands forward and he enacts an act of uh, of, uh, of zealotry uh, in, in that difficult time when no one really knew what to do and Pinchas steps forward and does what needs to be done. And the Pasuk categorizes Pinchas's action. I want you to listen carefully to these words. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron HaKohen Heshiv turned back my anger, Me'al b'nei Israel, 
from upon the Jewish people. In taking care of my zealousness, my, my uh, jealousy, if you will, uh, from the Bnei Yisrael, from not doing what they were supposed to do. And because of that, because he did what he was supposed to do, and he took care of business, so to speak, down here, so they didn't need to take care of business upstairs, as the Gemara says, um, and Tanchuma, excuse me, says in, in the Pashat Mishpatim, Rabbi Al-Azhar Omer, Rabbi Al-Azhar used to say, Yesh din lemata, if judgment is carried out lemata down here on earth, if there is justice below, then there is no need for justice from above. But if there is no justice below, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu enacts that justice. And sometimes that is a very difficult pill to swallow. So my friends, we look at this moment when Pinchas does what he needs to do, and as the Pasuk says, kinati. Now, Rashi adds something very interesting. He says, what does it mean that Pinchas stood up and he did this? He acted, uh, uh, you know, zealously in my, in my name. He was jealous on my behalf, so to speak. And he saved the Jewish people from God's wrath. What does that mean? Says, the, says Rashi, when he angered in the way that I should have gotten angry. Almost as if he got angry in the way I would have or I should have gotten angry. The commentators want to know, what is Rashi adding over here? What is this wordy you know, expression from Rashi? You know, whatever, the, whatever the Pasuk says kind of covers what he says. So what's Rashi adding by mentioning, the Pasuk says, in being jealous or zealous, you know, for, for my zealousness or my jealousy. And Rashi says, he angered in the way I should have angered. Isn't that the same thing? What's Rashi adding? Now, I want to back up for one second because I want to share with you something that I think is very beautiful. The Pasuk tells us that Bil'am, in trying to come curse the Jewish people, he was an incredibly powerful person. There's a reason why they enlisted his services, uh, um, Bil'am. There was a reason. In fact, I, just to underscore this point, in last week's parasha we read when, when it came time for Balak and his cohorts to come and pay Bil'am, to pay the piper, like they say, to come curse the Jews, Bil'am basically says, what are you going to go pay money to go raise an army for? Maybe you'll win, maybe you won't. I'm a sure bet. With them, maybe you'll win, maybe you won't. With me, you're for sure, it's a definite win. Look at how powerful Bil'am was in his, in his ability to curse people that he considers himself a more sure answer than armed soldiers, than sending an actual physical army. And there's a reason why Bil'am was so sure of himself. Not because he was cocky and self-assured, but because he had the track record to back it up. What does Balak say? I know that whoever you curse is cursed. And whoever you bless is blessed. He was batting a thousand. Bil'am. And yet when it comes to the Jewish people, He's powerless. And the question is, how does that work? The Navi says, and God says to Jewish people, 
I want you to know I want you to know my kindness, my righteousness with you. Right? That Bil'am came to curse you. And God turns the curse into a blessing. Why? Because Hashem says, because I love you. I love you, Am Yisrael. How does this happen? The Talmud tells us something really interesting. The Talmud quotes a pasuk. The pasuk says, El zo'em b'chol yom. God angers every day for the briefest of moments. It's such a short duration how long God has this anger, okay, or this wrath. It's so brief that the Talmud says that no one, no physical creation, no person has ever knew how to be able to pinpoint that moment of wrath, except for Bilam. And what's interesting to me is that Bil'am is able to utilize this moment of anger by in that moment of anger saying a word, a wish, a curse. And in that second, God in anger judged the person it was uttered upon and Bil'am was able to bat a thousand out of a thousand. Because there's no purpose, there's no person in this world that has never done something wrong. So in directing that moment, Bil'am was able to have tremendous success in bringing devastation upon those that he cursed. So how did God save the Jewish people? Listen to this. Bil'am himself tells us the answer. After trying and failing numerous times, Bil'am says to Balak, Ma ekov? How can I curse if God has not cursed them? How can I anger if God did not anger? Says the Gemara, Amar Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Elazar said to the Jewish people, said, Amar Lehemakadosh Baruch Yisrael, God said to the Jewish people, Ami, my people, Look at the kindness I did with you. Because all those days that Bil'am was trying to curse, to harm the Jewish people, even though every other day, God angers every day, all those days, I acted differently. I did not anger. There was no moment of wrath. There was no opportunity, no opening for Bil'am to utilize or to leverage against the Jewish people. Are we clear? How could I bring anger if God did not anger? So God on those days did not get angry and therefore Bil'am was unable to do what Bil'am tried to do. Now, all of this so far, my friends, is a setup because I really want to take you to another place. I want to ask you a powerful question. Okay, God gets angry. Okay, Bil'am knows how to find that moment. Okay, God, to outsmart Bilam, says, ha ha, these days, you're trying to curse him, I'm not getting angry. I get it. Rabbi Aharon Mibels asks, I think the question you have to ask, why does God get angry every day? Okay, for a moment, but why even for a moment? 
Now, most people would think that the reason is because, you know, you made a world, constantly disappoints you. There's always going to be people with things that make you angry. Rishayim, horrible people, Houston Astros cheating in the World Series. Lots of things that gets a person upset. Deflate gate. Lots of problems. Most people think that's what it means. God finds a reason to be angry every day. But then you're ignoring the absolute nature of the Pasuk. The Pasuk doesn't say God gets angry whenever he needs to get angry. It says, El Zoem B'chol Yom. Scheduled in every day. It almost seems like even if there's no reason to get angry, God gets angry. Why would that be? What would the purpose of that anger be? What would the what what what, what function? And not only that, if God is He's so kind, why would God institute this anger every day? Answers Rabbi Aaron Bibels, listen to this, a diamond. He quotes famous Gemara. The Gemara says. The name of Resh Lakish, Le'olam Yargiz Adam Yetzer Hatob Al Yetzara. A person has an obligation. A person must anger, excite his Yetzer Hatov against his Yetzara. Must do so. Has no option. Must anger his Yetzer Hatob against his Yetzara. You understand that? What is he telling us? What's Shesh Lakish saying? You know what he's telling us? You cannot be a good Jew. You cannot be a good person and always be calm. Listen carefully. Why? Because if you're calm, if you're not excited, if you're not bothered, you're not caring enough. Imagine you find out that your kid is in school and as a teacher in school, it's abusing kids, beating the kids up every time they get a bad, a bad mark on, the, on, the, on their test. Imagine such a scenario. Yeah, could you imagine that? Imagine you sit home and your kid comes, and your wife comes, you sit down, you get home from work, your wife says, you know what happened? I found out the teacher's punching our son David. Every time he gets less than a 90, punches him in the face. If you say to your wife, okay, it's fine, we'll take care of it. I'm gonna write an email, I'm gonna get chat GPT, you know, uh, write me an email uh, to the school about someone hitting my kid, you know. <laughs> chat GPT spits it out, then you say, chat GPT, put a new prompt, you're like, make it angrier, you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, we got the perfect email, okay, here, let's send the email. There's something wrong with you. Right? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? There's a famous line that goes, show me a person who's never angry and I'll show you a person who doesn't care about anything. Because if you care about something and you're watching it get ruined, get hurt, and it doesn't bother you enough to get you upset, what does that tell you? It tells you you don't care enough. So says Resh Lakish, if I could drift through life 
not improving. If I could be a mediocre husband, if I could be a dad that lets down his children all the time, and that doesn't bother me. And someone points out the pain that you're causing, and you're not angry at yourself, you're not upset, you know what will happen? You won't change, or you won't change enough. That anger, that upset, is a, nash, is a, a necessary part of the process of growth. Says Rabbi Aaron Mibels. You know what that means? It means that if a person needs to draw that anger, that passion, that upset from somewhere, everything that we draw in our lives, we draw from God. We draw our blessings from God. We draw our kindness from God. Everything that we have, we get from Him. And there has to be a reservoir every day accessible of God's benevolence, His kindness, His giving for us to draw, His sustenance, His forgiveness, so that we can actually pull that down and actually manifest God's power in this world through our connection, Nishama to Hashem. Elokai, Nishama Shinatatabi. You, Hashem, there's a piece of you inside of me. If God was not angry on high, then we could not muster that passion, that upset on a daily basis down here on earth. So if God angers every day, what does that tell you? You, I, all of us, we all have to get angry every day. But angry at what? Angry at who? Angry at the person who cut you off on the highway? No. That's not worth it. Because you know what? Even if there's an anger, it's an anger which is so infinitesimally short and, and small that it tells you that God doesn't get angry over things. God's anger is scheduled. It's a necessary part of an upward spiral, so to speak. Where I say to myself at the end of the day, this is what I've done. I take tremendous pleasure and pride in what I've done and what I've achieved. I feel great about myself. And then I say to myself, Shlomo, but you could do and you could be more. And why weren't you? You gave tzedakah, but you brushed the guy past as you gave it. You, 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 you paid attention to this person, but you didn't smile when he first came because you were actually annoyed. You did what you had to do, but you didn't do it in a way where the person felt like you had the time or the care or the empathy for him. That anger is what keeps us constantly growing. Are we clear now? My friends, we now see the pasuk in a different light. We now see what the pasuk means. So if God did not anger all of those days that Bilam was trying to curse or hurt the Jews, what did the Jews not have during that time period? They didn't have this ability of le'olam yargiz adam et yetzer atov al yetzer So suddenly Bilam came up with this idea where the Jewish people would be caught in a trap that on any other day they never would have fallen into. What's this trap? There's a woman standing outside, she's selling goods. The guy says, oh, it's a nice price. 
She says, oh, we have a bigger discount inside the tent. They go in the tent. There's a more beautiful woman inside the tent. The more beautiful woman, wow, she, she entices him. The guy says, you know, be with me. She says, I'll only be with you if you bow down to Abu Dazara. Can I just say, this is what it says. And the Jewish people sinned in that place. They sinned with the women. They sinned with the Abu Dazara. I just want to say something. Please don't hate me for this. I feel like that escalated quickly. Guys walking past Best Buy, he walks in, they tell him there's bigger discounts in the basement. Next thing you know, he's committing adultery with the saleswoman downstairs. She takes him into the back room of Best Buy, there's Abu Dazara, he's bowing. When the, how, how did that happen? I, look, I like a bargain as much as the next guy, but I'm not throwing it all away for 30% off. What happened here? The answer is, we draw our strength, we draw everything from God. In order to not have this curse, what did God not do on these days? He didn't get angry. What did we not have access to? This feeling, I'm better than this. I shouldn't do this. This is not for me. Shlomo, wake up. We didn't have access, so we fell. God protects us from seven different curses. Bilam has no access point. God can protect us from everything except for one thing that God is quote-unquote powerless to protect us from. He's powerless to protect us against ourselves. Because He created the world where He let you do what you want to do. Whether it's mitzvot, which is helping yourself, or whether it's averot, which is hurting yourself. God could protect us from all the bilams in the world, but He can't protect Shlomo from Shlomo. That's not how he set this world up. So my friends, my question is, in this process of self-betterment, in this process of le'olam yagiz, I can do more. I must be better. What are you asking yourself? Each night, when you ask yourself how you could be better, what are you noticing about yourself that you could improve? Because if you didn't ask yourself that question, you walk like you're sleepwalking through life. And you're the same person at 40 that you were at 30, same person you were at 30 as you were when you were 20. And that's not why God gave you another day. And it's not why God gives you another year. How have you improved? And better asked, perhaps, how will you improve? Le'olam yargiz. If we have access to this power, my friends, we have to use it. And we have to use it in the, way, in the best way that we know how.